Hi, welcome to our new podcast coming to you live from the Institute of World Politics here in Washington, D.C. I'm Jim Robbins, Dean of Academics at IWP. IWP is an accredited graduate school of national security, intelligence, and international affairs, offering a variety of certificates, master's degrees, and doctorates, both in person and online. You can check out our programs and courses at iwp.edu. Will half measures work against the Houthis? Don't bet on it. Last week, U.S. and British forces conducted a series of airstrikes against more than 60 Houthi targets in Yemen. The attacks were in response to a series of provocative moves by the rebels in recent weeks, targeting international shipping in the Red Sea with drones, anti-ship missiles, and hijacking. The coalition strikes, part of the multinational Operation Prosperity Guardian, who thought of that one, were aimed at weapons control systems and intended to inhibit future Houthi attacks while minimizing casualties. Britain's Defense Secretary, Grant Shapps, said that the goal of the attacks was not to remove all of their facilities, but to send a very clear message. And the Houthis sent a message of their own on Monday, launching a new round of anti-shipping attacks and damaging a U.S. merchant vessel. On Tuesday, there were more airstrikes, this time a preemptive attack on missile sites. But the Houthis managed to score a hit on a Greek cargo vessel, the bulk carrier Zografia, which was empty. So the risk is rising, and already some shipping lines are avoiding the Bab al-Mandab corridor into the Red Sea. Coalition countries publicly downplayed the implications of the anti-Houthi strikes. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby explained that coalition attacks were not meant to spark escalation, and in fact the United States was, quote, not interested in a conflict of any kind, unquote, which is a strange thing to say after bombing another country. It's this fascinating arrogance we have, the idea that we can just bomb people a little bit, And they shouldn't be that upset about it. You know, it could have been worse. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was right on message when he called the attacks limited, not escalatory. But this type of rhetoric may telegraph weakness rather than warning. From the Houthi point of view, these attacks are definitely escalation. They were attacked by some of the most powerful countries in the world, and they survived. The fact that we didn't use maximum force is irrelevant. They absorbed a coalition strike and are still standing. So that counts as a victory. And continuing to say we won't escalate shows that we seem to fear increased conflict more than the enemy does. Coalition leaders may also have downplayed the nature of the attacks to stay within the parameters of a UN Security Council resolution passed last Wednesday. Resolution 2722, which condemned the Houthi attacks and noted the rights of member states to defend vessels from attacks, but did not contain a blanket authorization of the use of force. So this explains the emphasis on self-defense, interdiction, preemption, and so forth. But communist China, which abstained on 2722, along with Russia, Algeria, and Mozambique, said that the coalition attacks were not UN-sanctioned and not covered by the resolution. Some ships transiting the Red Sea have declared themselves all Chinese 
to avoid being attacked. Interesting. And just to note, Russia had tried to amend 2722 to explicitly tie the Houthi violence to the conflict in Gaza. This was vetoed. Another reason to limit the response, there are warnings coming from the World Economic Forum at Davos that increased conflict in the Red Sea could create inflationary pressures that would keep interest rates high and harm the American and global economy. So yeah, if you want to get the Biden administration's attention, say something will cause inflation. If someone could convince the White House that airstrikes cause climate change, the Houthis would be completely safe. The confrontation with the Houthis is asymmetric in both capabilities and intent. Obviously, there is a force imbalance. The Houthis are strong locally, but not objectively compared to the coalition. But the power mismatch doesn't matter because the Western powers are trying to manage the conflict to use the minimum amount of force necessary to achieve limited military aims. The coalition is approaching this as a small-scale annoyance that they can readily brush aside. We saw this kind of thinking in the Vietnam era when concepts like gradual response guided our thinking about how to counter North Vietnamese aggression. By limiting air campaigns, placing critical areas of North Vietnam off limits from bombing, and by ruling out any ground campaigns north of the DMZ, the enemy was able to understand and adapt to our self-imposed limits. As one Air Force officer put it at the time, we taught the bastards to cope. The Houthis, by contrast, have no reason to limit what they do. They are determined to sink ships, and they will keep trying any way they can as long as possible. The Houthis are also much more motivated. As their official name suggests, they are Ansar Allah, the supporters of God. Their slogans include, God is great, victory to Islam, death to America, death to Israel, and curse the Jews. Because they want to make it clear that if anti-Zionism isn't anti-Semitism, like we keep hearing from the people who uh, hate Israel, the Houthis want you to know that they are definitely anti-Semitic. They are true believers, unlikely to be deterred by mere messages. In short, while the West pursues conflict management, the Houthis want victory. This conflict is also part of Iranian efforts to disrupt the region during Israel's war against Hamas. Tehran has long supplied the Houthis with weapons, a point underscored Tuesday when Navy SEALs seized Iranian-made ballistic missile and cruise missile components from a Yemen-bound ship off the coast of Somalia. As long as this supply line remains intact, we can expect the attacks to continue. And while the coalition seeks to contain and conceptually detach the Houthi strikes from other fronts in the wider regional conflict, including Gaza, the West Bank, Lebanon, Syria, and Iraq, Iran can use its proxies as well as its own forces to strike at will in any of these conflict zones. For example, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps took credit for ballistic missile attacks Monday near the U.S. consulate in Erbil, Iraq, which they called the headquarters of spies and anti-Iranian terrorist gatherings in parts of the region. The attacks were in response to recent crimes committed by Iran's enemies, they said. So it's not just the Houthis who need to be deterred. 
the potential for escalation is great whether the coalition leaders want it or not. Advances in technology are placing ships at greater risk. Weapons are smaller, more accurate, more mobile, easier to hide, and able to be deployed without relying on complex infrastructure. This dynamic has been playing out in the war in Ukraine, where warships of the Russian Black Sea Fleet have been damaged or sunk by remote strikes from the air or on water, forcing them to retreat from Sevastopol. The larger, less protected merchant vessels in the Red Sea would seem to be even more at risk, and it is only through coalition interdiction efforts that more ships haven't been severely damaged. But imagine if the Houthis actually took a ship out. Imagine the effects on markets and on a reputation and perceptions of power and weakness. Would that cause escalation? Or would we just send more messages? Houthi leaders have said that they will end their campaign against Red Sea shipping when there is a ceasefire in Gaza, leading some to argue that the onus is on the United States to pressure Israel to suspend its fight against Hamas. I've seen several essays promoting this line, that the Houthi problem is President Biden's fault for not imposing a ceasefire. That is, for not doing what the Houthis want. But bowing to Houthi and Iranian pressure tactics would be a sign of weakness and reward the Houthis for high seas terrorism. Yet, a continuing campaign of pinprick attacks and defensive measures will not deter aggression or remove the threat. Rather than making coalition attacks an exercise in messaging that encourages the Houthis to keep attacking, Western leaders should threaten the terrorists with more vigorous and deadly retaliatory action should they continue their campaign against regional shipping. If the Houthis believe in death to America, the least we can do is return the sentiment. Thanks for tuning in. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe, share, and rate it, and spread the word. For IWP, I'm Jim Robbins. Join us next week for another edition of the IWP Podcast.